Chapter 5 of Hard to Beat by a Self-Made Man This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 Bob Acquires a Half-Interest in 20,000 Additional Shares of Red Dog Bob politely volunteered to see Mrs. Dickens as far as a Broadway car. Aside from the courtesy of the act, the boy had an object in view. They parted from the two girls at the corner of Center and Leonard Streets and turned up the latter thoroughfare. I would like to ask you a question, Mrs. Dickens, said Bob with some diffidence. You have my permission, replied the lady, somewhat curious to learn what the boy wished to inquire about. Can you tell me if your husband, some time before his death, bought a block of twenty thousand shares of the Red Dog Mining Company in Goldfield, Nevada? He did, replied Mrs. Dickens, with manifest surprise. Why do you ask? "'because I wish to know if you still have that stock in your possession.' "'I have,' she replied. "'But my lawyer has advised me that it is worthless. "'He said the mine was abandoned by its promoters, "'that it was nothing but a wildcat enterprise "'put out to defraud credulous investors. "'My husband lost two thousand dollars by buying it.' "'Then perhaps you would be willing to sell the stock?' "'asked Bob eagerly. "'Would you buy it?' inquired the lady in astonishment. I should like to, if you would let me have it at a reasonable price. Why, Mr. Brooks, I wouldn't think of selling that stock to you. If you want it for any purpose, I will gladly present it to you, for it really is useless to me. I made an effort a few months ago to sell it in Wall Street, but couldn't find a broker willing to touch it at any price. I will not only give it to you willingly, but I should be glad to know in what other way I could be of service to you. I owe you something for saving my money and securities yesterday, and I shall not feel satisfied until I have made some return for the service you rendered me. It would hardly be fair for me to accept your kind offer, Mrs. Dickens, without letting you know my reasons for desiring to own this red dog stock. If you want to tell me, I shall be glad to listen. It is true red dog has been, and still is generally regarded as a dead mine, but yesterday I came into the possession of information, apparently reliable, which seems to indicate that paying ore has lately been found in the mine. If this turns out to be true, Red Dog will certainly come into the market again as a stock worth having. While I could not afford to pay over five cents a share for your holdings, and would prefer to get it for less, I should like to get it, on the chance that it might prove a good thing for me in the end. You are very honest about it, Mr. Brooks said Mrs. Dickens in a pleased tone. I'm afraid you would not be very successful as a broker if you made a practice of being so candid. May I ask you a question? Certainly. As Red Dog stands today, could I go down in Wall Street and sell it for five cents a share? I'm certain you could not. What do you think I could get for it? I don't think you could sell it. Then... Am I to understand that you value this stock entirely on the basis of the tip you have received? Is that it? That is it. Mrs. Dickens smiled. Don't you think that nine persons out of ten would refuse to sell you this stock after you had given them such a hint as the one you have confided to me? I admit that, laughed Bob. Would you tell anybody what you told me about this red dog, or are you making a special exception in my favor? I don't think I would be so liberal with a man. I appreciate the straightforward manner in which you have approached me in this matter, and I must say it does you credit. 
I believe you are as smart as you are honest, and a boy possessed of two such qualities cannot but succeed in life. I am a reasonably wealthy woman, and the two thousand or two hundred dollars that this red dog stock might possibly net me in the future, if your view of the situation proves to be correct, would not add greatly to my happiness, while the knowledge that I had helped you to success would. Therefore, I beg you to accept the certificates as a gift freely and gladly tendered to you. I will accept them on one condition only, Mrs. Dickens, said Bob, and that is, that you will accept one half of the profits if this stock turns up a bonanza. But I don't wish to do that. Why not? I'm making you a business offer. I possess inside information about Red Dog which I believe to be valuable. If I took all your stock and it should afterward turn out to be a valuable holding, I should feel as if I had robbed you. It might be all right in the eyes of Wall Street, but it would not be in mine. Half of your stock will be a fair exchange from my knowledge. When I do business, I like to do it on a business basis. Well, she replied reluctantly, if you are determined to have it that way, of course I consent. We are partners, then, in 20,000 shares of Red Dog and she smiled pleasantly. I will send you the certificates tomorrow. Thank you, Mrs. Dickens. It will be a good excuse for you to call on me, you know. It is quite the proper thing for one to see one's partner once in a while, she laughed musically. Yes, admitted Bob with one of his captivating grins. I shall have to see you occasionally to report progress. Then the boy placed her on a northbound car. When he returned to the office, he found a gentleman, whom he readily recognized as Mr. Smithers, waiting to see him. He was a big, red-faced man, and Bob thought from the look on his face that something he had eaten that morning disagreed with him. "'Are you Bob Brooks?' he demanded aggressively. "'That's my name. What can I do for you?' said the boy politely. "'Duncan and Company informed me this morning that you purchased 5,000 shares of Red Dog mining stock from them yesterday.' "'If Mr. Duncan told you that, he didn't exceed the truth,' said Bob coolly. "'And now Mr. Scrooge here tells me that you purchased 5,000 shares of the same stock from this firm yesterday. "'I want to know what you want it for.' And Mr. Smithers glowered angrily down on the boy. "'That is a question I must refuse to answer, sir.' "'What do you mean?' bellowed the irate visitor. "'I mean you have no right to ask such a question. I don't know you.' "'Oh, you don't!' returned the man with a sneer. Well, my name is Smithers, do you understand? It's my opinion you found a letter of mine that I lost yesterday morning in the street. You've read that letter, and that's why you bought that stock, you infernal little monkey. If you come up here to merely insult me, Mr. Smithers, you'd better get out, cried Bob angrily. I'll go when I get good and ready. I want to know if you found that letter. I did find a letter, probably the one to which you refer, but as the address was missing, it is impossible for me to return it to the owner. I found it in the gutter in front of the Continental Trust Company on Broadway. If it belongs to you, I shall be glad to return it to you now. And Bob fished the letter out of his pocket and offered it to Mr. Smithers, who snatched it out of his fingers with a mild oath. I'm going to have you arrested, you understand, for stealing that letter, thundered the enraged visitor. The violence of his language attracted the attention not only of all the clerks in the office, including the stenographer, 
but that of Mr. Scrooge, who, visibly annoyed, opened the door of his private room and looked into the reception room. "'What's the trouble, Robert?' asked the senior partner, glancing at Mr. Smithers in no pleasant way. "'This gentleman seems to be excited, sir,' answered the boy rather indignantly. "'Excited? Well, I should think I ought to be. I've been made the victim of an underhanded piece of rascality, sir, by your employee here. I lost a letter on the street containing information of a confidential nature. Do you understand, sir? Private matters only intended for my eye, and this boy has the unparalleled impudence to pick it up and read it. Read my letter. Do you hear me, sir? I beg, sir, that you will moderate your voice. You are disturbing the office. If you'll step into my private room, I may be able to straighten the matter out, said Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Smithers, after a fierce look at Bob, availed himself of the invitation, and his high-pitched voice was presently heard agitating the atmosphere of the senior partner's office. "'What's the matter with the man?' asked Kitty as Bob came up. "'He's got a bug,' grinned the boy. "'He called to see you, didn't he? "'I guess everybody in the office knows that by this time.' "'What did he want?' insisted the girl, moved by the usual feminine curiosity of the sex. "'If you want to know all my business, Kitty, you had better marry me right off the reel, so none of it will escape you,' sniggered Bob mischievously. "'Aren't you horrid?' she exclaimed with a rosy blush. "'There's Mr. Scrooge's bell. Now you're in for it,' and she clapped her hands gleefully. "'You think I'm up against it, do you, Miss Barnes?' "'I advise you not to fool yourself. "'It's a cold day when I can't hold my end up.' "'Then Bob knocked at Mr. Scrooge's door and entered. "'End of chapter 5